Okay, yes, very good question. As a little girl, after I lost my father, I I was left with just a dream. Yeah, he was my cheerleader, so he he really boosted my self-esteem. He would tell me there was nothing impossible for me to achieve. And you know, for whatever reason, I believed him. You know, and when he he left us, I think it was about 10, 11 years old, I suddenly went back into my shell. Now, what was left for me at that point because we had gone deep into poverty, not everything sold, everything gone, so back to square zero. What was left for me at that moment was a dream. And that is why it's important that if you don't have anything else, have a dream. The dream that I was one day going to work in a media organization, have my own show, you know, pursue that dream never left me. I had that picture because I'd watch uh, Oprah Winfrey, you know, when he was alive of course, would watch because we had a good life, right? And so when he was gone, I felt like everything that was the end and that affected me completely to the point that even my my friends in university could remember they they would remind me how shy I was in class I would not answer questions <laughs> I would not contribute you know I was just withdrawn I didn't see light you know after that I would just felt that was it that was the end of it but that dream you know that picture and that is why there's power in visualization I I kept seeing myself that I was going to work in a media organization and coincidentally I'd watch CBN programs at that point. I would watch and I would just say, I, I think I need to write this guy's a letter. I think I think they would love to have me here. Now, that that was I call that zeal without knowledge. I wanted to work with a, a media organization, but I didn't have the know-how. I didn't have the expertise. I didn't have any um prior um experience, right? And that's the power of that dream. And that's why I'm saying I respect people with dreams. I don't I don't talk down on people. I don't say, "Oh, you you want to be the governor of uh Nigeria or I mean of uh, your state or you want to be the president of Nigeria." I don't I don't I don't laugh at people because I know the power that a dream holds. Now with that dream, I kept pushing and when the opportunity came because i had gone in fact schooling getting uh, i mean uh, when i was done with school i was struggling my mom had to struggle and she said take this 3000 naira go to abuja that's where they posted you i think god was just awesome at that point you know so it wasn't as if everything happened you know the way i wanted to it to happen imagine i refused that 3000 naira and say mommy i'm not taking this 3000 naira because nobody goes to abuja <laughs> abuja with 3 3000 naira but i collected it and i and i thanked her and i said thank you mommy thank you i don't know what this 3000 is going to be for, uh, be for what it will do for me but i'm going to take this and that was the beginning i i i didn't allow you know the, the my current situation suppress me Now when I got the, the how the person evolved the same Abigail evolved from a shy person and that's why I said the dream helped me see myself and I kept pushing by the time I got to Abuja fast forward is a very long story I'm trying to compress when an opportunity came now that is why you don't allow self low self esteem or you don't allow um people talk you down when i heard i was in nccf fellowship i can still remember the nigerian uh, christian corpus fellowship and they said cbn africa 700 club was looking for a volunteer in cbn i said oh my goodness already i was working in a school and that low self esteem hit me immediately said abigail don't even try it Number one, you're already working in a school. You're teaching in a school here in Nusi. And number two, 
you don't have what it takes. They're looking for experts. They're looking for people who have been, you, they've, been do, they've been there and done that. Guess what I told myself? I said, I'm going to try. I don't know what's going to happen. So it was like what we call doing it afraid. So the low self-esteem was still there and the voices were still speaking. But I took that leap. And that, I think that was sort of two powerful forces. Following that dream, the picture came back to me and said, this might be my chance. And the second voice said, no, this is not your chance. And with the fear, I said, I'm going to try. I'm just going to go. If I can just get into that office, if I can just step into that office, I believe something will come out of it. Uh, so that that's basically what happened. I might continue in, um, in writing so I don't make this... Um, voice note very long but the self-esteem was there it in fact it, it it wiped off in the coming years i mean the next few years i'm 10 years i'm 11 years in in cbn right now so i've been doing broadcasting since that time trust me i have i, I still struggled with low self-esteem at that at, at different times till I got my freedom <laughs> when I began to build skills. And I'm going to be talking about that later. I began to build certain skills and competences that were required for the job. So when opportunities came, I began to see myself in that light with the help of my husband. I'm going to be sharing that story. I, I'll do an, an, another voice note maybe and just share that story where the transition happened. Thank you. Okay, I just needed to complete this part of the story. So we put everything in perspective, right? Now, when I got into CBN, I knew nothing. I, I, I don't think I was, I could really use a computer. Yeah. And they told me I was going to be an assistant producer. I was going to work with Adobe Premiere Pro. Uh, we'll use Final Cut Pro, all, all of those softwares. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a TV presenter. I thought I was going to be doing stuff in, you know, in the, in, in the studio. But I didn't know that it was a journey. I didn't know that everything was part of the large picture. And so I started honing my skills. I said I could learn from everyone and everywhere in that department. So I was actually in the production department. So we had producers who would edit stories. You know, you go out, you shoot, you do vox pops, you know, interview people, come back and edit. You know, and I, I was wondering, I told my husband, I don't even know why I'm learning all the skills. But trust me, I was ready to learn. Somebody needs to write that down. <laughs> I was ready to learn. Like with my life, it didn't matter. When they sent me to the bush, they said, Abigail, you're going to be covering the stories of CBN beneficiaries, all they're going to be, all, all CBN is doing and how they're helping people. You'd go out there and write those stories. Come back, write the script, and then shoot the, the story and then edit and send to the editor. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm ready for this. I had to accept it. Yes, I didn't immediately go to, you know, to TV where people would watch me and I'll do what I wanted. But God used this opportunity to bring me in. So I just, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You might have a dream, but it might not look like it. Look at Joseph. I mean, it didn't look like it, right? So it might be, there'll be detours. They say, okay, start cleaning and you're complaining. I came here to enter the studio. I didn't come here to joke with anybody. No, 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 no. You are going to go through the ropes. You're going to go through process. And that was what I had to subject myself to.
And when I understood that it was every bit of every bit of every lesson I learned was building me to become the woman that I am today. And guess what? I keep saying this. I'm still learning. I'm still building. Right. When I understood that it was a secret that every opportunity is a it's a pro, is part of the whole process. So I became a producer. I didn't know I was going to need production. I didn't know I was going to need that skill. I started script writing. Today, I write scripts. I'm a documentary consultant. I write scripts for people. People, companies call me. That's outside CBN. And they say, hey, come and help us write the story. Of course, they pay me, right? You know, I write scripts. I teach people how to write scripts. Now, these are skills I picked. And if I if I'd complained and said, no, this is not what I want. I came to be a TV host. I'm, I was going to lose out at the end of the day. So I don't know why I'm saying this, but... Sometimes it doesn't look, the road is not looking straight. You might be in the accounts department. I have an assistant who we discovered in the humanitarian department. So when I was a TV host uh, on CBN and a producer in, in, in the production department for Living the Life, she was in pharmacy. And so she, 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 she didn't really like it. Yeah, she had spent her whole life, right, being a pharmacist. But when I discovered she loved to write and she loved just always coming to see what we're doing uh, in front of the camera, I told my boss, I said, I think this girl has potential. Can we bring her down to the, uh, to the production department? She might be of great help to us and, uh, in my, on my desk. And fast forward today, the lady you see presenting, you were there. That's one of the CBN's uh, humanitarian uh, programs. That is the lady. Today, she's leaving her dream. So imagine... She came in as a pharmacist. She was always giving injections, giving people injections in different villages. But then she was in the right place. So I think positioning plays a very important role. As long as you are in the right place, it doesn't matter if, like I said, if you're cleaning toilet, if it doesn't matter if you are in the accounts department, just have a, a dream, just have that thing in you. She would always come around and we allowed her because we felt she had that passion. She had the desire. So yes, it's very important that you know, you, 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 you enjoy that process because you don't know what might come out, come out of it. Now, the, the other thing that happened to me uh, talking about transition was that I was always looking for an opportunity to get into the system, to get into that place that I wanted. And that was where it all happened. My next audio coming in a bit. Thank you. Now let me explain let me explain what I mean by the passion and zeal could only take me so far. Now I'm going back now we're talking 10 years later. This is yeah, I'm about 11 years, right? Uh, in CBN. So I'm talking about the first 4 years. I had to volunteer. After I finished service, I volunteered. Yes. So let's not uh, go to the point where, oh, you're, 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 you're already doing great. You're, I mean, you're, you're an expert. No, let's not fast forward. I had to volunteer for almost four years. Do you have the ability to volunteer for four years after service? Yeah, I think about three and a half years. You know, I volunteered. And what I was doing at that point was not only being an assistant producer where I had a boss, so I was working on the uh, boss. I was also helping out with another program. And guess what I was doing? I was serving food. Yes, it was called craft services. All I do is to collect people's order during productions and I go and buy. So if we had 20 people on the list, I will collect the food. I will collect the list and go and get the food. 
if you are a proud person in this life, you cannot survive. <laughs> and so that was what happened. So I did that continuously for some years. Trust me, I did it. I'm not lying. You can go and ask. <laughs> and I, I did that because, I mean, that was, like you said, process, right? I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. I had to do that. I was like the youngest in the organization. So now, 10 years later, I have people who are younger than me that do that job. And if they're foolish, they're going to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because I want to be like Abigail. That's going to be confusion, right? Now, there was something that happened to me, and that was very profound. That changed everything. In fact, I would anchor this as the main transition. When I, I would always, after giving food, after sharing food, guess what I would do? I would go outside the studio. I would go and sit outside for many years because I thought they would, wouldn't allow me to go in. I thought, you know, maybe it's just for the producers. Maybe it's just for the big guys. And one day my husband asked me and said, what do you do when you share this food? Because you, you're always telling me you're going to share food. You're going to share food. You're going to share food. What do you do after you share food? Sorry, don't mind my children there in the background there. And I said, I just share food and I sit outside. He said, no, 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 don't, don't try that again. The next time you share food, go inside because you will be doing, you'll be running that show very soon. Of course, I didn't end up running that same show. I'm running my own show now, which is living the life, right? So imagine that. And when I got inside, it was an opportunity to see firsthand what the presenters were doing, how they were, you know, you know, presenting. I was seeing the lighting, the positioning of the lights. I was seeing the, seeing the teleprompters. I was seeing, you know, you know, I was just seeing a picture, a full picture. And so my dream became even more alive. <laughs> my dream was filled. And I started learning, especially presenting. Remember, at this point, I was learning producing already outside. And I wanted to learn presenting. And unless you watch, you will not learn much. And so I would sit every time. That, that was like a secret, a golden secret my husband gave me. Trust me, every time I came out of that studio for the next few years, I was going back home and I was watching more presentation videos. I would watch more of Oprah. I would watch more. I would just... I would just you know, soak myself in learning. I would look at brief courses. I would just, I would just go all out. And I started learning. I would read newspapers because I was trying to also improve my voice at that point in voiceovers. So it was for me, the more I entered the studio, I came out and I worked. So it's not just passion. It's not just zeal. It's implementation. You don't tell me I have a dream. You tell me how I want to use my skills, how I want to get to that dream. I want to be able to, how I want to get there. It's always in the how. You have to know what the how blueprint is. What is, what is how? How do I get to that dream? I don't, I don't just have a dream and sit down or oh, and wish. Oh, Father, I wish I had this. Yes, I started with a dream, but I didn't stop there. I started with a dream and then I began to work and, you know, you know, navigate and say, how do I get to from point A to point B? And that is in acquiring the necessary skills and competences. So when it was time for them to, to, to hire a pre presenter, they said, Abigail, we want you to take this. And guess what? I was prepared. Did I say that? Yes, I was prepared. I'd, I had worked, I'd burnt my night candles. And so my presentation, I didn't go for an audition. They didn't give me an audition. They said, you're the producer, and we believe that you're going to do a great job of presenting since you also write the script. So I think it's all, all about being prepared for that opportunity. You don't tell me you're waiting for an opportunity and you've not worked. You've not done due diligence. You've not done, you've not dot your I's and crossed your T's.
because the competition was high. There were people who wanted that same opportunity that I, that was given, but because I was prepared for the moment, I took it with the help of God. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Self-esteem is a killer. It can take away every, every iota of confidence that a person has and just bring you from, it's as if it takes you from, you know, up there and takes you down, not just even taking you down and hides you completely away from life, away from opportunities. You know, it sucks away the life from you, the vibrancy, the energy, you know, that ability to forge ahead. Now, yes, that was my story. People don't believe it. When they see me act on Crazy Life of a Mom, they're like, we don't even believe this is you. Now, it is. it has been a journey. I told you that my father, my father was a very huge part of my life. You know, when you have someone who tells you, you are beautiful. You hear someone who tells you, oh, that handwriting, who has that handwriting? I remember that story. Who has that handwriting? And I say, it's me, daddy. And he says, this writing is beautiful. Such that even years later, when someone saw that writing and told me, your writing, is this your writing? It looks like a chicken's writing. And I was like, no, no, no. My father told me my writing is beautiful. Until today, I believe that my writing is beautiful. That is how powerful, you know, or how strong you know, my father's influence and impact was on my life. So it was as if I went from that point to a girl, from a girl who believed in herself to a girl who didn't even know that she had anything. Now, my, my low self-esteem followed, like I said, after that period, we got into poverty. So I'm, I want to give you the root. There, were, there was so much poverty. We had houses and lands that my mother had to sell off. So imagine us selling stuff on the table rice and beans in front of a house that you know only god knows how we got so it was as if that girl who was supposed to be something suddenly is as if you're you're nothing i could not relate to, uh, to with my peers okay the last memory i had was my, that my father was supposed to we were supposed to leave the country that we we're supposed to leave nigeria completely so i'm trying to paint the picture that we had so it was like from up down so that kind of that impact is usually very stronger if i didn't even know anything about enjoyment about um living well about riches that would have been different i had an experience i had a taste of what a good life was and so us going back to selling stuff selling tomatoes and rice on a table hit me really hard and it looked as if the future was bleak so that was the beginning right now the more I tried to come out of my shell, because yes, I had this dream, the more I wanted to dream and go to school and get a future, you know, something kept sticking, keeping me back. Now, I want to give a very, uh, I told you about how I behaved in second in university. It was the same attitude. I, would, I wasn't a very active student. Yes, I, I had the dream of reading English. I was able to read my uh, English uh, language. Yes, so it was a struggle for me because my parents still today to tell me, oh, we, we, we remember how, how you used to behave in class. It affected the way I walked. I would walk and my head was going to be down, was always down. I wrote a song about that, actually. Maybe I'll share it with you some other time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would walk. I couldn't walk with my shoulders squared. You know, show, uh, putting your shoulders squared and your head up is a sign of confidence. It's supposed to be that's a posture of a confident person. I didn't even know my posture was, was that terrible. I would look down. I would not look at people in their faces when they talk to me. <laughs> 
And when I even got into CBN, somehow, like I told you, God made a way. I came into CBN. I remember clearly that we will have uh, our bosses from the U.S. because, I mean, it's an international organization. So you get uh, these guys coming every time to train us or do stuff. And they would... I remember me running to the toilet. This is low self-esteem. Giving, I'm giving you uh, very, very perfect examples of what, what, how it, how it felt for me. I would run to the toilet and hide because I didn't want to interact. I didn't know what to say. You know the way you talk about small talk. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what small talk was. For me, I was just one girl that was just off point. What did I have to say? What would I tell a white man? How, what kind of conversation will I hold? Will I be talking about jet lag as if I knew what jet lag was then at that time? What will I, was I going to be talking about the weather? Was I going to be talking about uh, production? I would run away. Or sometimes I would just hide somewhere and just pretend I'm with my phone so nobody calls me or draws my attention. That was how bad. And you can imagine the opportunities I lost. It took me a long time for me to even say, oh, it's like, I, I think I want to talk to these guys, but what will I say? And now that was the process of beginning to build. One of the ways I built my confidence, first, God blessed me with his word. I was able to see myself the way God sees me. I look, looking at God's word helped me. He says, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. Oh my goodness, that, that helped me. Even though it was still difficult to interpret, I would, you know, it's like a man that looks at the mirror and forgets who he is or who she is. That was what was happening to me. Until God did another thing. He brought a husband my way, my husband. And that man would challenge me and say, Abigail, you don't know what you have. You are beautiful inside out. You are brilliant. So the affirmations helped me. And that helped me also create my own affirmations. I had to manage my self-talk. There were times I told myself, Abigail, you're, you're, you're dumb. <laughs> you're dumb. You just keep making mistakes. So I had to start talking, I mean, managing my self-esteem, managing my self-talk. And that's what happens to most people who have low self-esteem. They are constantly telling themselves they can't. If you go there, they'll laugh at you. If you try to say something, they'll laugh at you. I remember in office meetings, I don't say anything, even in office meetings. So from school down to office meetings, I would just say, it's just the bosses that are talking. I can't talk. So it limited my ability to express myself. I'll be talking to my bosses and I'm just hurrying up to talk and get away, like or open the ground to go in. So low self-esteem is deep-seated in that in up one person's perception, how you see yourself, how you see yourself, how you how what you believe yourself to be. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So it's all about, again, visualization. What do you see yourself as? What does God say about you? And also another thing that helps people, what I tell when I work with people who have low self-esteem, I tell them build competence, build skills. Look for your superpowers. I discovered I was able to talk. Talking, that same talking I was running away from. I discovered I love to talk. And I began to build my communication. I said, okay, how, what, when I meet people, when I go for a networking event, how do I connect with people? I need to learn how to network more and how to introduce myself. So that began to build my, uh, my confidence. I began to write my scripts after they canceled it with red hundred times. I said, no, I'm going to build certain skills to the point that when I'm engaging in those things, 
I will become a professional. So it, being a professional helps you. It helps your confidence. I keep telling people, go and learn something. Be good at something. Find something. It's going to boost your confidence like... I mean, you can't even believe it. So it's not enough to know what God says about you. You now have to act it. Faith is about acting. It's about uh, uh, doing, right? So I believe I'm made in God's image. I believe I have the mind of Christ. Then I have to act like that. I write script and I say, God, I thank you for creativity. I thank you for understanding. I have a mind of Christ to write the script excellently. And that it has been the testimony. The same white people, now this is a testimony, years later, the same white guys I've interviewed, I mean, I was able to have an interview with some of the people that came into the organization, one in particular that, yeah, okay, a couple of them. And I noticed that he told, there was something he told me, he said, I find it difficult to listen to understand people who speak here. Like I understood what he's saying. You know, sometimes the accent can, you know, you, you, you can't really understand what someone is saying. But I found that because I'd learned to articulate my, myself, you know, to speak you know, clearly and pronounce words clearly. He was able, I held an interview. The interview is on my LinkedIn page. You can go and watch that interview. You won't believe it's the same Abigail. Like I was having fun. So I'm saying that, yes, it's possible for people to come out from self-esteem if they're able to see themselves as God sees them, speak, change their self-talk, begin to affirm themselves. I'm beautiful. I have the mind of Christ. I'm an excellent person. And build certain skills, be, discover their superpowers, that those combination you can, I mean, there's no it's second to none. Thank you very much. Okay, yes, very good question. As a little girl, after I lost my father, I, I was left with just a dream. Yeah, he was my cheerleader, so he, he really boosted my self-esteem. He would tell me there was nothing impossible for me to achieve. And, you know, for whatever reason, I believed him, you know. And when he, he left us, I think I was about 10, 11 years old, I suddenly went back into my shell. Now, what was left for me at that point, because we had gone deep into poverty, not everything sold, everything gone, so back to square zero. What was left for me at that moment was a dream. And that is why it's important that if you don't have anything else, have a dream. The dream that I was one day going to work in a media organization, have my own show, you know, pursue that dream never left me. I had that picture because I'd watch uh, Oprah Winfrey, you know, when he was alive, of course, would watch because we had a good life, right? And so when he was gone, I felt like everything that was the end and that affected me completely to the point that even my, my friends in university could remember, they, they would remind me how shy I was in class. I would not answer questions. <laughs> I would not contribute. You know, I was just withdrawn. I didn't see light, you know, after that. I just felt that was it. That was the end of it. But that dream, you know, that picture, and that is why there's power in visualization. I kept seeing myself that I was going to work in a media organization and coincidentally I'd watch CBN programs at that point I would watch and I would just say I, I think I need to write this guys a letter I think I think they would love to have me here now that, that was I call that zeal without knowledge I wanted to work with a, a media organization but I didn't have the know-how I didn't have the expertise I didn't have any um, 
prior um, experience, right? And that's the power of that dream. And that's why I'm saying I respect people with dreams. I don't I don't talk down on people. I don't say, oh, you, you want to be the governor of uh, Nigeria, or I mean, of uh, your state, or you want to be the president of Nigeria. I don't I don't I don't laugh at people because I know the power that a dream holds. Now with that dream, I kept pushing. And when the opportunity came, because I had gone, in fact, schooling, getting, uh, I mean, uh, when I was done with school, I was struggling. My mom had to struggle. And she said, take this 3,000 Naira, go to Abuja. That's where they posted you. I think God was just awesome at that point, you know. So it wasn't as if everything happened, you know, the way I wanted it to happen. Imagine I refused that 3,000 Naira and say, mommy, I'm not taking this 3,000 Naira because nobody goes to Abuja, (laughs) Abuja with 3,000 Naira. But I collected it and I, and I thanked her and I said, thank you, mommy. Thank you. I don't know what this 3,000 is going to be for, be for, what it will do for me, but I'm going to take this. And that was the beginning. I, I, I didn't allow, you know, the, the, my current situation suppress me. Now, when I got the, the, how the person evolved, the same Abigail evolved from a shy person. And that's why I said the dream helped me see myself. And I kept pushing. By the time I got to Abuja, fast forward is a very long story. I'm trying to compress. When an opportunity came, now that is why you don't allow self, low self-esteem or you don't allow um, people talk you down. When I heard, I was an NCCF fellowship. I can still remember the Nigerian uh, Christian Corpus Fellowship. And they said, CBN Africa, 700 Club was looking for a volunteer in CBN. I said, oh my goodness, already I was working in a school. And that low self-esteem hit me immediately. He said, Abigail, don't even try it. Number one, you're already working in a school. You're teaching in a school here in Wusi. And number two, you don't have what it takes. They're looking for experts. They're looking for people who have been, they've been, they've been there and done that. Guess what I told myself? I said, I'm going to try. I don't know what's going to happen. So it was like what we call doing it afraid. So the low self-esteem was still there. And the voices were still speaking. But I took that leap. And I think that was sort of two powerful forces. Following that dream, the picture came back to me and said, this might be my chance. And the second voice said, no, this is not your chance. And with the fear, I said, I'm going to try. I'm just going to go. If I can just get into that office, if I can just step into that office, I believe something will come out of it. Uh, so that that's basically what happened. I might continue in, um, in writing so I don't make this... Um, voice note very long but the self-esteem was there it in fact it 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 wiped off in the coming years i mean the next few years i'm 10 years i'm 11 years in in cbn right now so i've been doing broadcasting since that time trust me i have i I still struggled with low self-esteem at that at, at different times till I got my freedom <laughs> when I began to build skills. And I'm going to be talking about that later. I began to build certain skills and competences that were required for the job. So when opportunities came, I began to see myself in that light with the help of my husband. I'm going to be sharing that story. I, I, I'll do an, an, another voice note maybe and just share that story where the transition happened. Thank you. Okay, I just needed to complete this part of the story. So we put everything in perspective, right? Now, when I got into CBN, I knew nothing. I, I, I don't think I was, I could really use a computer. Yeah. 
And they told me I was going to be an assistant producer. I was going to work with Adobe Premiere Pro. Uh, we'll use Final Cut Pro, all, all of those softwares. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a TV presenter. I thought I was going to be doing stuff in, you know, in the, in, in the studio. But I didn't know that it was a journey. I didn't know that everything was part of the large picture. And so I started honing my skills. I said I could learn from everyone and everywhere in that department. So I was actually in the production department. So we had producers who would edit stories. You know, you go out, you shoot, you do vox pops, you know, interview people, come back and edit. You know, and I, I was wondering, I told my husband, I don't even know why I'm learning all the skills. But trust me, I was ready to learn. Somebody needs to write that down. <laughs> I was ready to learn. Like with my life, it didn't matter. When they sent me to the bush, they said, Abigail, you're going to be covering the stories of CBN beneficiaries, all they're going to be, all, all CBN is doing and how they're helping people. You'd go out there and write those stories, come back, write the script, and then shoot the, the story and then edit and send to the editor. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm ready for this. I had to accept it. Yes, I didn't immediately go to, you know, to TV where people would watch me and I'll do what I wanted. But God used this opportunity to bring me in. So I just, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You might have a dream, but it might not look like it. Look at Joseph. I mean, it didn't look like it, right? So it might be, there'll be detours. They say, okay, start cleaning and you're complaining. I came here to enter the studio. I didn't come here to joke with anybody. No, 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 no. You are going to go through the ropes. You're going to go through process. And that was what I had to subject myself to. And when I understood that it was every bit of, every bit of every lesson I learned was building me to become the woman that I am today. And guess what? I keep saying this. I'm still learning. I'm still building, right? When I understood that it was a secret, that every opportunity is a, is, a pro, is part of the whole process. So I became a producer. I didn't know I was going to need production. I didn't know I was going to need that skill. I started script writing. Today I write scripts. I'm a documentary consultant. I write scripts for people. People, companies call me. That's outside CBN. And they say, hey, come and help us write the story. Of course, they pay me, right? You know, I write scripts. I teach people how to write scripts. Now, these are skills I picked. And if, I, if I'd complained and said, no, this is not what I want. I came to be a TV host. I'm, I was going to lose out at the end of the day. So I don't know why I'm saying this, but... Sometimes it doesn't look, the road is not looking straight. You might be in the accounts department. I have an assistant who we discovered in the humanitarian department. So when I was a TV host uh, on CBN and a producer in, in, in the production department for Living the Life, she was in pharmacy. And so she, 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 she didn't really like it. Yeah, she had spent her whole life, right, being a pharmacist. But when I discovered she loved to write and she loved just always coming to see what we're doing uh, in front of the camera, I told my boss, I said, I think this girl has potential. Can we bring her down to the, uh, to the production department? She might be of great help to us and, uh, in my, on my desk. And fast forward today, the lady you see presenting, you were there. That's one of the CBN's uh, humanitarian uh, programs. That is the lady. Today, she's leaving her dream. So imagine... 
She came in as a pharmacist. She was always giving injections, giving people injections in different villages. But then she was in the right place. So I think positioning plays a very important role. As long as you are in the right place, it doesn't matter if, like I said, if you're cleaning toilet, if it doesn't matter if you are in the accounts department, just have a, a dream, just have that thing in you. She would always come around and we allowed her because we felt she had that passion. She had the desire. So yes, it's very important that you know, you, 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 you enjoy that process because you don't know what might come out, come out of it. Now, the, the other thing that happened to me uh, talking about transition was that I was always looking for an opportunity to get into the system, to get into that place that I wanted. And that was where it all happened. My next audio coming in a bit. Thank you. Now let me explain let me explain what I mean by the passion and zeal could only take me so far. Now I'm going back now we're talking 10 years later. This is yeah I'm about 11 years right uh in CBN. So I'm talking about the first 4 years. I had to volunteer. After I finished service, I volunteered. Yes. So let's not uh, go to the point where, oh, you're, 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 you're already doing great. You're, I mean, you're, you're an expert. No, let's not fast forward. I had to volunteer for almost four years. Do you have the ability to volunteer for four years after service? Yeah, I think about three and a half years. You know, I volunteered. And what I was doing at that point was not only being an assistant producer where I had a boss, or I was working on the uh, boss. I was also helping out with another program. And guess what I was doing? I was serving food. Yes, it was called craft services. All I do is to collect people's order during productions and I go and buy. So if we had 20 people on the list, I will collect the food. I will collect the list and go and get the food. If you are a proud person in this life, you cannot survive. <laughs> and so that was what happened. So I did that continuously for some years. Trust me, I did it. I'm not lying. You can go and ask. <laughs> and I, I did that because, I mean, that was, like you said, process, right? I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. I had to do that. I was like the youngest in the organization. So now, 10 years later, I have people who are younger than me that do that job. And if they're foolish, they're going to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because I want to be like Abigail. That's going to be confusion, right? Now, there was something that happened to me, and that was very profound. That changed everything. In fact, I would anchor this as the main transition. When I, I would always, after giving food, after sharing food, guess what I would do? I would go outside the studio. I would go and sit outside for many years because I thought they would, wouldn't allow me to go in. I thought, you know, maybe it's just for the producers. Maybe it's just for the big guys. And one day my husband asked me and said, what do you do when you share this food? Because you're always telling me you're going to share food. You're going to share food. You're going to share food. What do you do after you share food? Sorry, don't mind my children. They're in the background there. And I said, I just share food and I sit outside. He said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't try that again. The next time you share food, go inside because you will be doing, you'll be running that show very soon. Of course, I didn't end up running that same show. I'm running my own show now, which is living the life, right? So imagine that. And when I got inside, it was an opportunity to see firsthand what the presenters were doing, how they were, you know, you know, presenting. I was seeing the lighting, the positioning of the lights. I was seeing the, seeing the teleprompters. I was seeing, you know, you know, I was just seeing a picture, a full picture 
And so my dream became even more alive. <laughs> my dream was filled. And I started learning, especially presenting. Remember, at this point, I was learning producing already outside. And I wanted to learn presenting. And unless you watch, you will not learn much. And so I would sit every time. That, that was like a secret, a golden secret my husband gave me. Trust me, every time I came out of that studio for the next few years, I was going back home and I was watching more presentation videos. I would watch more of Oprah. I would watch more. I would just... I would just you know, soak myself in learning. I would look at brief courses. I would just, I would just go all out. And I started learning. I would read newspapers because I was trying to also improve my voice at that point in voiceovers. So it was for me, the more I entered the studio, I came out and I worked. So it's not just passion. It's not just zeal. It's implementation. You don't tell me I have a dream. You tell me how I want to use my skills, how I want to get to that dream. I want to be able to, how I want to get there. It's always in the how. You have to know what the how blueprint is. What is, what is how? How do I get to that dream? I don't, I don't just have a dream and sit down or oh, and wish. Oh, Father, I wish I had this. Yes, I started with a dream, but I didn't stop there. I started with a dream and then I began to work and, you know, you know, navigate and say, how do I get to from point A to point B? And that is in acquiring the necessary skills and competences. So when it was time for them to, to, to hire a pr presenter, they said, Abigail, we want you to take this. And guess what? I was prepared. Did I say that? Yes, I was prepared. I'd, I had worked, I'd burnt my night candles. And so my presentation, I didn't go for an audition. They didn't give me an audition. They said, you're the producer, and we believe that you're going to do a great job of presenting since you also write the script. So I think it's all, all about being prepared for that opportunity. You don't tell me you're waiting for an opportunity and you've not worked. You've not done due diligence. You've not done, you've not dot your I's and crossed your T's because the competition was high. There are people who wanted that same opportunity that, I, that was given. But because I was prepared for the moment, I took it with the help of God. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Self-esteem is a killer. It can take away every, every iota of confidence that a person has and just bring you from, it's as if it takes you from, you know, up there and takes you down, not just even taking you down and hides you completely away from life, away from opportunities. You know, it sucks away the life from you, the vibrancy, the energy, you know, that ability to forge ahead. Now, yes, that was my story. People don't believe it. When they see me act on Crazy Life of a Mom, they're like, we don't even believe this is you. Now, it is. it has been a journey. I told you that my father, my father was a very huge part of my life. You know, when you have someone who tells you, you are beautiful, you hear someone who tells you, oh, that handwriting, who has that handwriting? I remember that story. Who has that handwriting? And I say, it's me, daddy. And he says, this writing is beautiful. Such that even years later, when someone saw that writing and told me, your writing, is this your writing? It looks like a chicken's writing. And I was like, no, no, no. My father told me my writing is beautiful until today. I believe that my writing is beautiful. That is how powerful, you know, or how strong, you know, my father's influence and impact was on my life. So it was as if I went from that point to a girl, from a girl who believed in herself to a girl who didn't even know that she had anything. Now, 
my, my low self-esteem followed, like I said, after that period, we got into poverty. So I'm, I want to give you the root. There, were, there was so much poverty. We had houses and lands that my mother had to sell off. So imagine us selling stuff on the table, rice and beans in front of a house that, you know, only God knows how we got. So it was as if that girl who was supposed to be something suddenly is as if you're you're nothing i could not relate uh, with my peers okay the last memory i had was that my father was supposed to we were supposed to leave the country that we're supposed to leave nigeria completely so i'm trying to paint the picture that we had so it was like from up to down so that kind of that impact is usually very stronger if i didn't even know anything about enjoyment about um leaving well about riches that would have been different I had an experience, I had a taste of what a good life was. And so us going back to selling stuff, selling tomatoes and rice on a table hit me really hard and it looked as if the future was bleak. So that was the beginning, right? Now, the more I tried to come out of my shell, because yes, I had this dream, the more I wanted to dream and go to school and get a future, you know, something kept sticking, keeping me back. Now, I want to give a very, uh, I told you about how I behaved in second in university. It was the same attitude. I, would, I wasn't a very active student. Yes, I, I had the dream of reading English. I was able to read my uh, English uh, language. Yes, yeah, so it was a struggle for me because my parents still today to tell me, oh, we, we, we remember how, <laughs> how you used to behave in class. It affected the way I walked. I would walk and my head was going to be down, was always down. I wrote a song about that, actually. Maybe I'll share with you some other time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would walk. I couldn't walk with my shoulders squared. You know, putting your shoulders squared and your head up is a sign of confidence. It's supposed to be that's a posture of a confident person. I didn't even know my posture was, was that terrible. I would look down. I would not look at people in their faces when they talk to me. <laughs> and when I even got into CBN, somehow, like I told you, God made a way. I came into CBN. I remember clearly that we will have uh, our bosses from the U.S. because, I mean, it's an international organization. So you get uh, these guys coming every time to train us or do stuff. And they would, I remember me running to the toilet. This is low self-esteem. Giving, I'm giving you uh, very, very perfect examples of what, what, how, it, how it felt for me. I would run to the toilet and hide because I didn't want to interact. I didn't know what to say. You know, the way you talk about small talk, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what small talk was. For me, I was just one girl that was just off point. What did I have to say? What will I tell a white man? How, what kind of conversation will I hold? Will I be talking about jet lag as if I knew what jet lag was then at that time? What will I, was I going to be talking about the weather? Was I going to be talking about uh, production? I would run away or sometimes I would just hide somewhere and just, pretend I'm with my phone so nobody calls me or draws my attention. That was how bad. And you can imagine the opportunities I lost. It took me a long time for me to even say, oh, it's like, I, I think I want to talk to these guys, but what will I say? And now that was the process of beginning to build. One of the ways I built my confidence. First, God blessed me with his word. I was able to see myself the way God sees me. I look, looking at God's word helped me. He says, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. 
oh my goodness that that helped me even though it was still difficult to interpret i would you know it's like a man that looks at the mirror and forgets who he is or who she is that was what was happening to me until god did another thing he brought a husband my way my husband and that man will challenge me and say abigail you don't know what you have you are beautiful inside out you are brilliant so the affirmations helped me and that helped me also create my own affirmations i had to manage my self-talk there were times i told myself abigail you're you're, you're dumb <laughs> you're dumb you just keep making mistakes so i had to start talking i mean managing my self-esteem managing my self-talk and that's what happens to most people who have low self-esteem they are constantly telling themselves they can't if you go there they'll laugh at you if you try to say something they'll laugh at you i remember in office meetings i don't say anything even in office meetings so from school down to office meetings i would just say it's just the bosses that are talking i can't talk so it limited my ability to express myself. I'll be talking to my bosses and I'm just hurrying up to talk and get away, like or open the ground to go in. So low self-esteem is deep-seated in that in up one's person's perception, how you see yourself, how you see yourself, how you how what you believe yourself to be. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So it's all about again visualization what do you see yourself as what does god say about you and also another thing that helps people what i tell when i work with people who have low self-esteem i tell them build competence build skills look for your superpowers i discovered i was able to talk talking that same talking i was running away from i discovered i'd love to talk and I began to build my communication. I said, okay, how, what, when I meet people, when I go for a networking event, how do I connect with people? I need to learn how to network more and how to introduce myself. So that began to build my, uh, my confidence. I began to write my scripts after they canceled it with red hundred times. I said, no, I'm going to build certain skills to the point that when I'm engaging in those things, I will become a professional. So it, being a professional helps you. It helps your confidence. I keep telling people, go and learn something. Be good at something. Find something. It's going to boost your confidence like, I mean, you can't even believe it. So it's not enough to know what God says about you. You now have to act it. Faith is about acting. It's about uh, uh, doing, right? So I believe I'm made in God's image. I believe I have the mind of Christ. Then I have to act like that i write script and i say god i thank you for creativity i thank you for understanding i have a mind of christ to write the script excellently and that it has been the testimony the same white people now this is a testimony years later the same white guys i've interviewed i mean i was able to have an interview with some of the people that came into the organization one in particular that yeah okay a couple of them and i noticed that he took there was something he told me, he said, I find it difficult to listen to understand people who speak here. Like I understood what he's saying. You know, sometimes the accent can, you know, you, you, you can't really understand what someone is saying. But I found that because I'd learned to articulate my, myself, you know, to speak, you know, clearly and pronounce words clearly. He was able, I held an interview. The interview is on my LinkedIn page. You can go and watch that interview. You won't believe it's the same Abigail. Like I was having fun. So I'm saying that, yes, it's possible for people to come out from self-esteem if they're able to see themselves as God sees them, speak, change their self-talk, begin to affirm themselves. I'm beautiful. I have the mind of Christ. I'm an excellent person. And build certain skills. Be discover their superpowers. That Those combinations, you can. I mean, there's no it's second to none. Thank you very much.